One of the main issues with the lack of knowledge and education around female reproductive health these days is that many females are under the impression that as soon as they want to have a baby or start a family, it's as simple as just switching to unprotected sex. Unfortunately for many women, this is not the case, and there's many systems, education, and tools that you can put in place when considering conceiving that will really help not just support you on your fertility journey, but as well as the future of your family's health and your baby as well. Luckily, today's guest is an expert in this field, and we are so excited to be chatting with Emma today. It's true. Today's guest is a registered nurse, certified integrative health practitioner, holistic nutritionist, and certified doula. Can you add any more to that list? I'm not even sure, but I'm sure she will. Uh, She likes to specialize, obviously, in reproductive health and fertility with a practice encompassing knowledge from traditional Ayurveda, Western medicine, functional lab testing, herbs, as well as supplementation. Our guest offers a holistic approach to all things fertility, menstruation, hormones, and pregnancy. Welcome to the podcast, Emma McNichol. Hello, thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to chat with you today. Maybe you could just give the listeners a little bit of background on yourself and how you came to choose your passion in the field of fertility and reproductive health. Well, as you heard from my bio, I'm a little bit obsessed with schooling and everything that comes with reproductive health and hormones. And this all kind of started with my own journey on birth control, coming off, finding out my own health kind of imbalances and really diving in deep to the importance of learning our menstrual cycle from the inside out. I've personally always known that I've wanted kids and it's kind of been in the back of my mind for years. So I did a ton of research to see how I could prepare myself for future babies years in the past. And from there, I've found so much research and so much studies to support the role of preconception health and how that impacts our future fertility and the health outcomes of our future children. So now I have all this background and knowledge that I combine together to work with clients one-on-one in group settings or in courses to really empower them to become the best version of themselves they can, not only for their own health and well-being, but also for our future generation's health. I'm a bit of a psycho about this, I'm not going to lie, because <laughs> it doesn't matter what's in the house. I'm always thinking, even what's that, whatever's going into my body, whatever's going into her body, I'm like, how could this affect our children five years from now? And Sarah will admit I'm a little bit crazy about this, but so <laughs> she's like, yes. You should uh, see what happens if I try pouring one glass of tap water because our filter's empty. <laughs> Yeah, not a good day. Grump, grumpy, grumpy Denon for the rest of the day. But so that the rest of our audience can get a better idea of what we're going to be talking about. What is preconception health and why is it so important? Yeah, so preconception health is the time frame before we even try to become pregnant. This can either be for your first pregnancy or a lot of people don't come across this term until say they are pregnant or they've had children. But essentially it's the time frame before we get pregnant where we can optimize our overall health by upping our nutrients, decreasing our toxic load, really figuring out what our hormones are doing and what kind of hormonal implications or imbalances we we may have to optimize our overall all body, especially our egg quality and our sperm health and the carrier of the baby. So the person who's going to be pregnant, optimizing that vessel so that when you do become 
pregnant, they have the nutrients and the low toxic load to pull from during a pregnancy. So this kind of era is the time to optimize our overall health to enhance our fertility, as well as our overall pregnancy experiences and the health of that baby that we're growing inside of us. And I think this is really important for females to hear as well, because oftentimes we overwrite or overlook uh, tiny little callings from our body that may tell us our hormones are out of balance. Like, oh, it's just PMS, or I just have debilitating cramps for one day out of the year, or maybe I'm just overworking myself a little bit or over-exercising or under-eating for a period of time. However, our bodies are incredibly resilient, but they can sometimes be unforgiving as well. And so, really takes a while to build your body back to a place of balance and not only balance, but optimal health to have a child. And so listening to this at like 20 years old, 25, even if having kids isn't in your future for the next five or 10 years, we really need to start before we consider having a child to really start to take care of our health, our fertility and our menstrual cycle. And in Chinese medicine, the medicine of fertility is literally about nourishing your life force. And so it's important to consider that what you're doing now is not just for you, but also for a life of your future and just life in general. And so I love how there's a calling towards thinking about what you're doing before the fact, as that's often overlooked, especially with females nowadays. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that as well. And I find it's a huge motivating factor. We're so bad at showing up for ourselves in this society that sometimes when we have this knowledge that our actions today are actually going to influence our children of the future, that can be such a motivation to really change your life and really take a look at all the factors going on, the toxins we're exposing ourselves to and the nutrients we're you know, putting in our body and the quality of food we're consuming. So I really, really love this topic. And you mentioned something really amazing about paying attention to what's going on in the menstrual cycle, because that is a tool we can utilize no matter how far in the future our dream of having kids is, that is a sign of our overall health. And if we know and understand that right down to everything going on, we can use that as a feedback system while we approach the years that we want to have a baby so that we know when ovulation happens, we know when imbalances maybe happen, and we can work on correcting that every year that goes by. So the cells in our body have um, a turnover period. Like my skin cells will turn over a certain amount of times per year or, or less. It doesn't really matter. But every part of our body has turnover as far as our cells go. So we have an opportunity to always um, create healthier areas as we go on throughout the years. And some areas take longer to turn over and create a healthier area than others. Um, I was really fascinated years ago with a lot of the research from Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, she spearheaded a lot of the studies around um, uh, preconception health, uh, a lot of the times in specific to even fitness and what a person's body type is like going into it. But I guess my question for you is preconception health can be any amount of years. It can be one to 40 years. Is there a golden period of years in advance before having a child that you should really specifically look at tidying up certain areas in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the 
most optimized is two years because anytime we're on hormonal birth control that we come off, it takes quite a bit of time for our cycles to re-regulate themselves. So in those cases, we would really like a year or two to actually see how much our hormones are stabilizing. And also it takes quite a bit of time to change one's lifestyle. So it also depends on what is your baseline lifestyle and what are you transitioning to? A lot of people like the two of you, you guys have a lot of the foundations under wraps. So this is all counting towards your future fertility. For those who are say more closer to like the standard American diet or people who don't pay attention to these things, these are the people that are going to need more years. And if you are really trying to squeeze it in, I tell everyone at least four to six months. If you are wanting a baby and you want it now, at least plan for four to six months. And this comes back down to the cellular turnover you're speaking to. So our eggs need about 90 to 100 days to develop. So in those 90 to 100 days, we have this crucial period of time where everything we're doing, the toxins we're exposed to, the antioxidants in our body and the nutrients are really, really, really playing a crucial role in that egg development. And for males, that's 70 days for their sperm turnover. Yeah, and I think that that's a really good point as well that we also need to consider males in the discussion of fertility because infertility rates are rising and continuing to rise and many women feel like, oh, what's wrong with me? And they really take the onus of not being able to have a baby, which can be a very negative mental experience for them. When we also need to consider the discussion of how healthy the sperm quality is and also the health of your partner because that's half of your genes as well. And so preconception health is about the female, of course, because they're going to be carrying the child, but it's also about the quality of the sperm and the health of your partner, which is definitely overlooked in the discussion of fertility a lot of the time. No, I agree. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I was just popping up so many more memories of like different talks I heard from that researcher. If anybody wants uh, podcast notes for this podcast, because we're going to dive into some pretty cool topics today, they can be all found at embodiedwellnessco.com com slash blog slash I want a baby. And there you're going to be able to find all of the notes that we've taken today, as well as research that I'm going to link you to, or even long talks from different researchers that I think you're going to find very, very beneficial. And so in talking about preconception health and fertility, the optimal time is about two years. What are some things that people could start doing now, regardless of how far in the future they want babies, that's really going to help optimize and nourish their fertility and their reproductive health? Yeah, and I want to mention that it's never too late to start. So if some of you are hearing two years and going, whoa, I want a baby right now, all of these things that you're doing, even if you're pregnant now, are going to be super beneficial. So this falls into anyone who wants a baby in the next two years, five years, or especially those who want a baby in the next four to six to 12 months. These are three things that are really baseline foundational knowledge, but are really, really crucial when it comes to fertility. So one of my first recommendations is our lifestyle when it comes to our stress management. 
this, our whole lifestyle today is run so heavily on go, go, go mindset, constantly in the doing state, constantly in that sympathetic, you know, nervous system state. So the longer and more attention you can pay to really grounding yourself and putting yourself in that parasympathetic state more often is going to play major, major, major roles when it comes to your fertility. Our brains are always looking to see if our environment is safe. And if our environment is safe, then your body is willing to give more nutrient reserves to a reproductive health system and our fertility. If you're in a state of fight or flight, which you may not even identify because it becomes your normal, your body is constantly taking reserves away from your reproductive health system to keep you going and keep you alive. So we need those extra reserves to be able to trickle down into our fertility and our reproductive health and how our hormones are functioning in order for our baby to say yes this environment feels like a good environment for us to bring new life into the world because it's actually trying to prevent us from having a baby if it doesn't think that you're going to make it or that the environment is not conducive to that so paying attention to see our our, our shoulders up to our ears do we have jaw tension how are we sleeping what does your day-to-day -day routine look like do you have self-care practices in place that are really grounding you and this is going to trickle down into our fertility immensely more than more than you can appreciate especially in this time of the year the next one is switching over to whole foods making sure that you're eating you know organic as much as possible avoiding conventional animal products if you can grass-fed pasture-raised looking really into any source of toxins that you're getting through your food through your water through your environment through your personal care products all of these and it's been shown that the placenta when we do become pregnant can't filter out these man-made toxins it is filtering out some organic compounds but really like babies are being born with over 200 man-made chemicals circulating in their umbilical cord blood and themselves before they're even born so we really have to pay attention to our overall toxic load as well as I like to take my clients through some really specific kind of detox protocols before they want to start trying to conceive to try to lower that burden, but being really, really, um, really paying attention to what we're putting in because this bioaccumulates. And when we're talking about nutrients, antioxidants, fresh leafy greens, nuts and seeds, these are all powerhouse fertility foods. So the more you incorporate this, the more we're upping our nutrient stores, which is gonna help trickle down those reserves into our fertility. And the last one is just considering your menstrual cycle right now. Are you on some kind of hormonal contraceptive that is delaying your ovulation? Are you regulating? Are you ovulating regularly? And do you know what's going on with your menstrual cycle? And are you tracking it? Because this is really important to even know before you even start trying to conceive. Yeah, one of the important points that you made earlier in the podcast was reducing the toxic load in your environment and especially around your family. And even one thing that you just said right there was really important because um, I actually posted a blog a few weeks back on uh, scientists finding microtoxins or sorry not microtoxins microplastics in the placenta and yeah you're nodding your head you knew exactly which one this was and i was mind boggled by this because there's not enough research on microplastics right now but i think over the coming years as more and more come out we're start we're going to start to see the the real long-term dangers of that and I think another point that you briefly touched on, and we're going to get a little bit more into that, is this idea of tracking your cycle. 
and even knowing if you are ovulating because oftentimes females think, oh, I have a period must mean that my cycle is okay and healthy. And even if your cycle's on time or maybe it's a little bit off, it's still possible that you have an anovulatory cycle, which is very important to understand when going into trying to have a baby. And also, I know you love this idea of using your period as your monthly report card because it's going to report back to you on not only what you did the week before, but what happened in your follicular phase way at the beginning of your cycle. And so starting to understand how to listen to the whispers or maybe even yells that your body is giving to you and be able to adjust accordingly is so, so important, especially with our menstrual cycle. And unfortunately, we were indoctrinated into a society that considers your menstrual cycle as the curse or you should be in some sort of pain or discomfort around it. This is normal and just because something is common does not mean that it is normal and so a lot of the time these issues with the menstrual cycle are overlooked or females never take a deep dive into knowing if they have a healthy cycle or what that even looks like and so when it comes time to have a child it's a big surprise to them maybe that their hormones are not at optimal levels and so tracking your cycle and starting to understand your body and this idea of reproductive health inside of yourself is so, so important. And our listeners are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but it does come down to knowing your body better, which can often mean practicing meditation. Because a lot of the times I feel like if we look at the most upstream of this problem, we're looking at people who are not able to identify those small little whispers you were talking about. The yells are a little bit more important. If I'm having some searing pain, that's certainly a yell, but there's whispers that then lead up to that searing pain. And if you're not able to identify those whispers, you probably don't have a good enough connection with your body. So let's just start for five to 10 minutes a day, even becoming centered with ourselves and starting to feel ourselves from head to toe while we're in a sitting position. That's just a great starting way to even look at these little things and to identify, oh, I did notice something right there. Maybe once I'm finished this, we can look into that a little further. And I just, I feel like we need to look a little more upstream at these issues that people tend to miss. Mm-hmm. So... What is the importance of tracking your cycle before you start trying to conceive? Well, I think tracking your cycle goes beyond trying to conceive. So any of your listeners will benefit from this information, but essentially tracking your menstrual cycle, especially if you are cycling naturally, meaning that you don't have any external influences, putting any pressure, changing your hormone levels, you're cycling and ovulating and menstruating regularly, tracking these biometrics within yourself are going to make a huge impact on A, knowing your body better, being able to find out what your baseline is, and also being able to find out when your body starts straying outside of your baseline. So if you know that you have a 32-day cycle that is pretty consistent around that 31 to 33-day range, anytime your cycle starts like falling below that or above that, you know that something outside of yourself, inside the nutrients you're putting in your body, your lifestyle, your stress, something is now influencing your overall health. So we are so lucky as menstruators, we have this ability to track our cervical fluid and our basal body temperatures and when we're ovulating and when we're menstruating as a black and white picture of our overall health because everything that happens within our body is going to show in our menstrual cycle. 
So for example, if you're trying to conceive, it's really important that we identify the six days of every menstrual cycle that you can become pregnant. Because yes, this comes as a shock to some people, and I hope this doesn't shock our future children, <laughs> that you can only get pregnant for a maximum of six days every single cycle you have. Sperm can survive for five days and the egg only survives for 24 hours. So we need to know within our bodies when these six days are and if that's coinciding with cervical type cervical fluid. And some really important information is tracking how long it takes from ovulation to menstruation. So this luteal phase from ovulation to menstruation is a critical window that shows us um, future, like current um, imbalances within our hormones that could influence our ability to conceive. So optimally, we want this window to be over 11 days. And some women, start bleeding before 11 days or start spotting before their bleed or have a short luteal phase. And these are all major signs of a progesterone deficiency or other hormone irregularities that can really impact your future fertility. So if we identify things like this early, we have now more time to correct these before the time even comes that we want to try to conceive. And I think an important point to touch on past that is tracking ovulation via you understanding your body versus you inputting your info into an app because many women are like cool I'm going to start tracking my cycle I'm going to download Kindara I'm going to download Flow and they type in how long their cycle is they type in when their last period was when their next one is or whatever it may be and this app takes an algorithm and it takes day 14 or the average day between their cycles. And so if you are someone who is starting to track your cycle, it's important to understand that your body doesn't run on an algorithm all the time. And as we've mentioned, there are so many factors under eating, overworking, undersleeping, too much stress that can influence the length of your cycle and especially how long how long between when you ovulate and the beginning of your cycle was. And so it's very important to understand and learn your own body rather than outsourcing this information to an app. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about the three main signs of testing for ovulation in your body. Yeah, absolutely. You made such a great point about the apps because so many people rely on apps to track our ovulation or to prevent you know, becoming pregnant or to really track the ovulation for becoming pregnant. And I've seen so many people get pregnant by accident using apps and the other spectrum where people are trying for over a year because they've been relying on their app to track their ovulation the entire time. So it's super important that we get familiar with our own biomarkers. And these biomarkers of ovulation are one, our cervical fluid. So our cervical fluid, which is also known as our vaginal discharge, this is that it fluctuates in in direct correlation to our hormones. So as our estrogen rises before we release an egg, which is a fertile period because sperm can last within that cervical fluid five days before that egg is even released, our cervical fluid becomes more egg whitey, it becomes more abundant, it becomes more stretchy. And with this boost of estrogen, we also have an increased libido, we have more energy, we usually feel more confident, more outward, great time to schedule interviews. 
it's really outward productive state. So if we can identify these shifts within our body and know that this is how your body responds at the same time during your cycle every time, then you're starting to figure out when you're ovulating. And then to confirm ovulation, we can use our basal body temperature. So taking your temperature under the tongue before getting out of bed, before drinking any fluids, before moving, and recording your metabolic rate throughout your cycle. Because once you release the egg and you start to produce progesterone, your basal body temperature is going to increase. And that'll be marked as a spike in your temperatures. And if you see a consistent spike for three to four days, that can confirm that yes, an egg has been released and we have successfully ovulated. And it's all about taking those biomarkers and kind of cross-referencing them so that we can identify the exact time where we're ovulating. And it's really important to pay attention to those rather than looking at our apps because these biomarkers are giving us a picture of the here and the now rather than using an algorithm or basing information on past cycles. And for our listeners who are maybe thinking of conceiving in the next few months or for those thinking of conceiving even within the next year, what are some tips that they can start to implement in order to support their body through that? Yeah, so taking into account everything I said before with the nutrients, the toxins, the stress, and getting to know your menstrual cycle inside out, which is so important and so empowering before you take those steps. And understanding that there's a lot of pressure put on trying to conceive. The average time to conception is usually around six months. However, I see people that try to conceive have been trying to conceive for over 12 months plus, and it comes down to just health imbalances as well as them not tracking their cycle properly. So if you can get really, really familiar with your personal cycle and your ovulation, that is going to be the best thing you can do for trying to conceive. And the top three things I would say for that kind of four to six month period before trying to conceive is upping your game in all forms of antioxidants. So dark berries, leafy greens, all those phytonutrients, looking at the rainbow. These are so important to preserve egg and sperm quality against toxic stress and free radicals. As well, reducing the toxins in your system, any kind of chemical or free radical in our body, especially processed oils or foods is really important because preserving that egg and sperm quality is what is going to have a healthy conception. If our egg quality is off or if our sperm quality is off, which is extremely common, especially in the areas of genetic variances, we have a ton of genetic mutations within our eggs and our sperm. Anything we can do to up this game by upping our antioxidants is going to make the egg and the sperm match way better. So those are my biggest tips. And then working with a practitioner who specializes in this field so that you can get a look at exactly what's happening in your body now and get individualized approaches to solving the underlying root causes of what's going on for you. I wish we knew anybody. Yeah, right. I wish we knew someone who specializes (laughs) in this. And I think that another thing that's very important is just reducing overall stress, which is common knowledge and people almost roll their eyes at that and it's important to understand that this idea of stress is very multifaceted so your body doesn't know the difference between being chased by a bear and fighting for your life or not eating enough carbohydrates or overworking yourself by doing too intense exercise too often or being in a stressful relationship and so 
when we're considering this idea of stress, as you mentioned, you might be in a fight or flight response and not even know, which is why working with somebody who has like a holistic approach and can look at all of these different areas of your life and really help you in the way that you need to be supported that you might not even see or might overlook. And another important consideration for stress is that we live a stressful life. It's almost impossible to have your stress be at zero. And so I work with a couple high stress clients where if you tell them, oh, just reduce your stress, they're going to start to be stressed about the fact that they are stressed and they're not supposed to be stressed. And so the other end of this is there's lots that we can do to actually create a body that's more resilient to stress. So this is stuff like hot and cold showers, getting in the first rays of morning light, uh, going to sleep at the same time every day, waking up at the same time. And so a holistic approach is very beautiful because it shows you not only areas that you might need to improve, but also other ways in your lifestyle that you can support this. And so many people who are trying to get pregnant and maybe have had a few unsuccessful attempts, it's very important to be honest and open to the fact that it still might happen and staying patient and staying calm along the process. And I think even the fact of knowing that it takes about six months, maybe a little longer for many women will be a sigh of relief almost that there's likely nothing wrong with you. It just takes time. And that with these tools we've discussed and working with someone, it can happen for you. It's just about continuing to move forward and being really open and believing that it will happen for you as well. And so maybe you could tell us just a little bit about how mindset plays a role in conception as well. But again, on stress though, like it, it does come down to that internal awareness that we were talking about before, right? Because if, if you don't know what to do in a situation when you become stressed, if you're not able to see the precursors that come up to that, the the raising heart rate, the, the blood rushing into the face and all of these things that you can identify and start going, ooh, that's the moment I know I'm starting to get stressed now and have the stress management tactics able and ready to go in your life and practiced enough to go, okay, I'm going to start to slow my exhale of my breath or having these things put in place. It's going to be very hard. I can have a body that's resilient to stress I, over years and years of athletics. There's certain types of stress that my body is non-reactive to anymore. However, often emotional stress or different types of stress will affect me differently. But if I don't have the management techniques in place, I'm not going to know what to do. So again, it goes down to that internal awareness of going, understanding what your cues are when you get stressed in certain situations and realizing how to manage them. And again, if anybody wants those, I'm going to put a bunch of resources for stress management in the podcast notes, embodiedwellnessco.com slash blog slash I want a baby. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I couldn't agree more with absolutely everything you guys said, because I think that topic is so under supported in the fertility realm. It's something that, oh yes, decreased stress, got it. But it is so critical when it comes to regular ovulation and the quality of our sperm and eggs that this cannot be overlooked. So please, please work on your stress resilience. And when it comes to mindset, this is also extremely important. Go into the trying to conceive period 
really open-minded. If you put a pressure on yourself, if you put a time frame on yourself, you are going to become stressed out every cycle that you notice that you aren't pregnant or potentially you've suffered from an early miscarriage, which is extremely common, especially within that below six week mark. The egg and the sperm quality, like I said, have numerous genetic abnormalities. At any time, if an egg and a sperm meet and the genetics aren't compatible, our body's job is to get rid of that combination so it can try again the next cycle. Sometimes this is before we even get a positive pregnancy test. Sometimes this is in the days or weeks after we get a positive pregnancy test. But knowing, like you said, that it's not your fault and that you have the power to help boost your fertility through the actions you're taking every step. I tell my clients every time that they get their period and they're disappointed that they have not conceived that cycle, think this is one more month, one more cycle that you can even further improve your health. So taking that into account that the longer it takes, the more time you have to better your body for your future pregnancies as well. I love that. And what are some options for those who maybe want to learn more if they are struggling with their fertility currently? So I really love books. I would highly recommend you take a look at books that dive deeper into your menstrual cycle. So that could be Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. This really dives into how to track the biometrics of ovulation, like we spoke about. Uh, the Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden, Beyond the Pill by Dr. Brighton. And there's also a book called the, um, It Starts with the Egg, which goes really in depth. This is great for people who are wanting to try IVF or for those who are um, trying to optimize their overall egg and sperm quality now. This dives into plenty of supplements and nutrients that you can do to boost your um, egg and sperm quality. And working with a practitioner like myself or a nutritionist or a naturopath or an acupuncturist, someone who can look into your individual condition, take a look at your menstrual cycles, analyze that data and really formulate a plan that is unique to you, your overall health and your current fertility. Wow, this was fantastic. I, I think most of our listeners have probably been taking notes this entire time. I know I sure have. I can't wait to go back through this footage and uh, pick through it and make sure that everybody has the best resources to go back to. But if you are looking to get pregnant in the next one, five, ten years, and you want to hire a coach, where can people find you at? So you can find me over on my Instagram. It's Empowered Fertility or my website, which is empoweredacademy.ca. And I have some free online courses there as well as a course I'll be launching all about fertility. So you can get access to that in my Instagram bio at Empowered Fertility. That is incredible. And I'm sure we're going to have you back on the podcast at another time to talk about many of the various issues or topics that go into everything we talked about today, because I think each one of these can be a topic on their own. So I'm very excited to do that again in the future. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast provides general information and discussions about health and related subjects. The information and other content provided in this podcast or any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider and seek other professional medical treatment. 
never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you may have heard on this podcast or any link materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are of no relation to those of any academic, hospital, health practice, or other institution. 